1: Have you come seeking knowledge of a world that is shrouded in darkness and the untold horrors? A world where evil lurks around every corner, and only the bravest and most skilled warriors can hope to survive? Or perhaps you seek the refuge of the fireside, and be surrounded by humanity tonight. Perhaps a story to pass the time. I am Loder Ibn Lee, a Keeper of the Old Tales. That one with the large array of weapons and deep knowing gaze is known as Kyrie. They are a stalwart and powerful companion and will not harm you. That other one? Ah uh, yes. Fains. She is a necromancer of great power and seeks to aid humanity in our darkest hour.
2: We are the lore watch. Welcome back, friends, to another episode of Lore Watch, where we'll be talking about, well, Acts 4 and 5, and hopefully the rest of Diablo 4's story here uh, to complete out the trilogy of episodes. Uh, we could thematically push it to 4 and have it match to Diablo, but let's see if we can get it done in 3. Joining me with me on this journey is Matt Rossi, as usual, and Liz is back once again to join us Hello! diving through Sanctuary. So yeah, we're let's just dive right into it. Act four, like we 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 left off with us uh, obtaining the sightless eye, and then uh, once again doing what we do in almost every Diablo game, chasing after the big bad by following in their wake and all of the destruction that they've wrought. So, who wants to go first?
3: Uh, I'll, I'll jump in with what I think is possibly the best moment of these acts, uh, at least act. It's the best moment in Act 4 by a mile, and it is possibly the best moment in everything up to Act 4. Uh, Elias shows up and basically summons uh, Andario. He completes the summoning ritual, and Andario shows up, which leaves you with a little bit of a quandary, in that you have been told repeatedly that uh, the summoning of a lesser evil is an event of such momentousness that if they successfully do it, they could easily use the power of that thing to, to like, as a... Massive, for lack of a better word, a battery for the all sorts of occult stuff they're going to do to fight the prime evils. This thing is astonishingly powerful, and there's absolutely nothing you can do except kill it, which you do, which even you are surprised by. I mean, this is well, a great technically, moment.
2: Technically, that's not the opening to... moment, right? Though that's that's not the opening moments of Act 4. That's a couple yeah, questions. We
3: didn't in. say anything about the opening moment. We said, you know, yeah, I said this was possibly the best moment. Yeah, that's right. Um, if you want to go through the, like, the problem I have is that, to me, it's all a jumble of, oh, my God, that's so cool. So I can never... I'm, I'm not always great at remembering exactly when everything happens. But... Well, also... Go ahead, Liz. Liz is going. Nar-
0: has- narratively. Narratively, Act 4 is very short. Yeah. And it does not it It is. It, it doesn't have, stor- like, clear story beats, you know, beginning, middle, end, like the other acts do, because it is very short, and kind of the highlight is jumping in and summoning Andariel, to,
2: which to- is... Give a, to, so, give, to give a structure to that, um, Act 4 only has five, uh, sorry, six main story quests versus Acts 2 and 3, which had like uh, 15, 20 each, something like that.
3: Yeah, much, much longer. And, and Act 5 is also much bigger. Um, mm-hmm. Please continue. So, so, yeah. so go ahead,
0: Liz. I mean, all of Act 4 feels kind of like it was crammed in, like Act three was longer than previous acts. The main quest there was pretty long and then you get to act four and it's very compact. And yeah. then you go into another really long act. So it feels like almost
2: was like an interstitial one, right?
0: Yeah. This, the pacing last feels week,
3: weird. Last week you had said that you felt like it was normally, it, it was set up to be followed, following act three. But since you could go to any act, you could end up coming here at the end of act two. Cause you mm-hmm. did that after act three, they had to have it, be its own little chunk of
0: of mm, game. Yeah, or yeah. That the work. way they the way they cut it up. Yeah. It but it feels weird. It feels odd.
3: It does feel odd. But for me, Act Four is basically a lot of you know what what is Elias doing? Oh, well, we've got the sightless eye. You know, you go and use it. I, we should actually talk about that because you do use the <laughs> yes. sightless eye. That's the that's the thing that kind of leads into it. You that's grab the, the opening eye, Yep. Yeah. And you use the sightless eye to try and find. Well, love. that's
0: that's still not the opening, but that's closer.
3: Yeah, I don't. I mean, to me, that is Act. The other stuff is Act Three. Like you get back from yeah, Elias' fortress, the, you have this. this, this
2: the quest, eye. the quest, prying the eye is the very first quest of Act Four. Oh, really? Officially. So yes. going,
0: going to talk. No, it can't be.
2: It is. It absolutely because
0: is. Isn't
3: okay. Anyway, you got you get the uh, sightless eye in, in Act Three. Um, it's kind when you're chasing Elias and you find out you can't kill him, no matter how hard you try, and you you try several times. Um but you you can't kill him, but you can grab the sightless eye. So you do, you get it back after a bit. You have to come back to the, uh, they've, they've taken the, the, the woman, Talisa, Talisa, right? Uh, Tiasa Yeah. Taisa Taisa. Taisa Something like that. She's the one who, who he, she was actually trying to kill Elias as well, which you find out. Um, and they, they grabbed her and did all that stuff to her because for reasons we find out later. um, so you when when they when we free her you basically stay behind and act as kind of a like a just be it you know you screwed this up so be a distraction would you and you know uh, i want to say Cadgar so badly uh but um <laughs> lorath, lorath lorath yeah lorath grabs uh taisa and runs to a, a holy ground he finds so on that spot and whispers are less powerful and she can't get into Thais's head like she, norm- like she was outside of it. And I think that's the end of Act 3, story-wise. And then the beginning of Act 4, again, if you did it from Act 3 to, to Act 4, if you did this in a different order, like if this was the end of Act 3 but you hadn't done Act 2 yet, it would send you to go do Act 2. It would be like, we need Donan if we're going to de- figure this out. Uh, but I didn't do that, so I, I didn't have that experience. Nevertheless, gonna skip to you use the sightless eye because, at Lorath's request, because you're the one who has the bond with Lilith, so it should be easier for you to find her using the sightless eye. And you do find her, and she can tell you're looking like she, after a brief she moment, she can see of,
2: you back basically. Yeah,
3: after a brief moment of her talking to Lorath, where Lorath is like, You will save us, uh, mother. And she's not Lorath, Elias. Elias, yeah. <laughs> too many old names here. Um,
0: this, is, this is the most confusing podcast ever in yeah. which we mix up. Time.
3: But yeah, she's talking to Elias. Elias says, you will save us mother and, or something to that effect. And she's like, no, I'm not here to save you. I'm here to empower you to save yourselves, uh, which I'm actually going to say now. I believe she believes this. I believe that when Lilith says that, that is completely sincere. Uh, I do believe she is an inherently deceptive being because she is a demon. And certainly she thinks nothing of sacrificing, you know, people's lives like candy if it'll get her what she wants. But I do believe she means this, that the, the, in her way, this is what she believes is the best course of action. And not just cause she's evil because it is to her logical. It is the survival of the fittest. It is the ones yes. who are most capable of helping me stop the, the burning hells are the ones who will inherit the world. They're going to be the survivors. It's her way to try and claw back up to the state of the Nephilim. Like, you know, when, when you had, when they were first born, they were all like Rathma or Bulkathos or um, Vasily slash Fyakla Gore or Ishu. None of them are like that anymore, except that one guy. And we haven't seen them in a while or girl. Uh, I was always playing a girl, but anyway, so they're, they're having this discussion. And then she stops and she starts her eyes. The the visual acting in this bit is, was one of my favorites because she stops and her face hardens and her eyes just turn, just her eyes. And then her whole head moves. And it's like, before she says anything, I honestly felt like a little bit of a shiver just in yeah, her looking.
0: Yeah, like, yeah. definitely. Just oh this
3: of her looking at you. And you know she can see you. And then it's like like it cuts off. And you're like, oh, um, uh, uh, yeah, I saw her. She was talking to Elias. Um, but she saw me back. And uh,
2: this is relevant for later, too.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that, that, that's, that there's, leads into to there's, there's more stuff there's, here. The problem I have is I cannot remember the stuff between here and the. So let's,
2: yeah, let's sure. let's help that out a little bit. So at the end of the vision and just to kind of keep this moving along. Sorry, Liz. Um, when the vision of From the Sightless Eye ends, Lorath does try to come up with a plan uh, and provides you with a message to deliver to Donan. This is something that happens regardless of what act you're in because it starts pushing along through the end of this act into Act 5 and what's going to come next. Uh, from there, you are going to uh, basically. Uh, what, I'm trying to think and remember. This is the. I think it's the Master's Touch is the next quest. Um, you're trying to essentially recruit Donin to your cause at this point. So you go to Key of the Shed, you go to the, the Cathedral of Light, and Donin is there. And Liz, do you want to talk about what happens here?
0: I mean, I think we've skipped over like a little part that's kind of key to this. Okay. Is that uh, one of the things we saw in that vision when we see Lilith is they're talking about Mephisto. They're talking about she and Elias are talking about Mephisto's essence reforming. She says she can Feel it like a thousand tiny wounds. And that's kind of where we start to figure out maybe what Lilith is actually doing. That she's not just here to like... she. We knew she was going to hell. She's gotten the key to hell. She's gotten Astaroth to allow her passage into hell. Passage to the Cathedral of Hatred where her father is. And now she's saying... It, we, we have this clear picture now. We've gotten, you know, we've done Act 2 and Act 3 and now the picture is coming together that she wants into hell. She's going into hell to absorb Mephisto's energy to, Loreth tells you too, she would become like a prime evil herself at this point. So, and I mean, that's kind of where this plan comes from. You have to stop Lilith because she's going to become, you know, this other prime evil. So, yeah, and
2: there's there's something to also keep in mind. And Liz is right, and I, I apologize that I forgot this part. Uh, the <laughs> the feeling, the essence of like a thousand tiny wounds, that is actually mm-hmm. important for later.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So can so t- what
0: you're going what you're going you're going to Kyovashad to talk to Donan, but you're going to do that because Donan is your expert on soul stones. And as as I like to say, the Haradrim have one solution to every problem, and it's a soul stone. <laughs> Uh, this Lora's plan is to okay. We're gonna get a soul stone. We're gonna take the soul stone that hold, held Asteroth, and we're gonna we're gonna put Lilith in it. We're gonna lock Lilith away in a soul stone. And they, you know there aren't many Haradrim left at this point. It seems kind of like it's just the two of them. <laughs> and uh, fortunately, Dorian is the soul stone expert. But after the events back two, he's he's not real into this. His whole family is dead the church has turned him away and offered no aid or comfort uh and and he's kind of he's he's not really into it so you really have to convince him and that's a big part of the next the next act of act five is kind of bringing him into this plan and just convincing him that you can actually do this and we need to do this this is our only plan
2: well, the interesting thing, though, too, is is the plan is was written in Haradrim, Haradric, which you can't mm-hmm. read, so you don't find this out until until yes. yeah, reads know the, what plan. the plan. Is
3: he gives you the plan, doesn't tell you what the plan is. It's it's pretty classic, Lorath, actually. Because, he, again, he doesn't fill you in on pretty key moments like who Elias was or what the plan is or the fact that he sold his, his polearm at auction and you're going to have to buy it back because <laughs> he's got it in consi- little things like this. He doesn't bother to tell you.
2: So, yeah, after this, this is also where you get your mountain game, uh, because Donnan says, yeah, this is going to take me some time. Uh, you're going to need to you know, go do these things for you. Uh, did he give you his horse? And then he goes, uh- why am I asking? He didn't give you a horse. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I mean this continues this character of Loreth as someone who has no consideration for others. Absolutely none. You have just killed a lesser evil and he's just like, okay, go deliver this. I don't think for you've me. actually and killed a lesser s-
3: evil yet. The lesser Not evil yet. comes after this. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's all tangled up.
3: Yeah, that's the problem. It's like for me, the lesser evil yeah. jumps right up, but it's it is actually it's after. actually a little later. Be- yeah.
0: yeah,
2: because after this, this is the reason he's telling you to get the horse is because now you're going back to the Rodric Vault, that place we were already with uh, with Narell, uh, earlier. Mm-hmm. So you're going there now, uh, and that's
3: actually this is where Narel comes back into the story. Which, so it is very important. We talk about it, and I should not have blown past it. Uh, when you get to the Rodric Vault, Narel is still there. Yep, she she's been that.
2: she's been studying the entire time. So you walk in and you you go with Donan and Donan goes on high alert because there's a intruder here. And then that's when you say no it's just Narell, uh who he has no idea who Narell is. Uh and he, when he sees her and meets her for the first time, uh he's sort of dismissive and snippy with her, um which you know, I can kind of understand. Here's this young person Uh, just kind of sitting here going through our stuff. This is where I keep all my stuff. Uh, (laughs) But then you go in, and uh, now all of a sudden, you are they they interact, and you're sent to go get his notes. And his notes are spread out through these sealed rooms that you couldn't get through the first time you were here. Um, Nero didn't break those ones. She only broke the ones necessary to get where you needed to go. So that breaks down, and you start going through these, uh, you take out anything that's lingering behind, because things linger behind, uh, and including lots of spiders, where uh, Donnan says they always manage to find a way in, no matter how they seal it, because always spiders, spiders... Always Ugh.
0: spiders! Always um, spiders.
2: You go all the way through, and then you find his desk, and on his desk is his Herodric amulet. Lorath still has his. Donnan did not. Donnan left it well- here.
0: Lorath also Lorath sold his to the pawnbroker. Yeah,
3: Lorath pawned his yeah. right back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I, at, at some point Donan mentions maybe this is an act two. I bet Lorath still has his. I bet Lorath still wears it, but he'd pawned it off.
2: Well, no, it's this, it's right here at this moment. When you ask him about the Herodric amulet. When, you, when he says, oh, yeah, you know, I it didn't mean the same to me anymore, so I left it behind. And I'm paraphrasing. It's actually a really, really good story moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he says, by bet, Lorath still bears his. And mm-hmm. you don't correct him, and you don't tell him no. Um, but then you move through, and you get through, and you manage getting back to the study where Narell is. Uh, you speak with her. And then she decides she's going to come with you and she's going to fight against Lilith. And there's also an exchange between her and Donan at the end where they start talking about uh, books of uh, sort of an arcane nature. And it turns out that they have the same favorite author and the same favorite books. And Donan warms up to her just a little bit. Uh, from there, we move on to the quest Meeting of the Minds. Uh, the previous one was The Lost Arts. This is The Meeting of the Minds. Uh, you basically head back to the cathedral where you're trying to basically get everybody on board with the plan. Uh, and this is where you sort of talk. They argue a little bit. And Tysa is having a hard time with it all and says, I need to step outside for air. Now you may go run <laughs>
0: Because because Donan and Loreth have that kind of bickering like an old married couple thing going on. You can tell there are a lot of old arguments here.
3: Yes, absolutely. It's actually very interesting how they slot in the friendship slash rivalry slash relationship of these two people, because it is not easy. It's clearly not easy. Like, they bought heads. Donan, I I get that. You get the sense that Donan has always believed he is the smartest one in the room, whereas Lorath has always believed it was his responsibility to lead.
2: Well, and it's also a little bit more than that, too, right? Because at the end of the day, too, after everything happened with uh, Elias the first time around when he left... Lorath felt responsible, but gave up. And Donan didn't really give up. He just did something different. And he went and did his own thing with the cathedral and, and dealing it up with Skazglen. He, so,
0: he wanted to start a family, which is not yeah. really something the Haradrim do. You are devoted to this cause of collecting knowledge and keeping sanctuary safe. And Donan said, no, I want to have a family. I want to have kids. I want to have a life. And he did was, that.
2: But he did also yeah, ab- he he, did. But, he, but he didn't abandon his his mission either. Even if he won't admit it, he still was doing those things. He just raised an army around him to do it. So I, go ahead.
0: I do want to jump. I, <laughs> I keep taking us back a little bit. I do want to jump in one thing about going through the Herodric Vault with Donan. He mentions that you know it was him, Elias, Lorath, and Tyriel. That Tyriel was with them in the Herodric Vault, and at some point tyriel left and that was when things started to fall apart tyriel was with them and he and you know we see at the end of diablo 3 at the end of reaper of souls you know, tyrium tyriel is trying to reform the Herodrum. he's kind of made a new Herodrum here which is where you first meet lorath and he was still with them at this point in the horadric vault outside keovashad and then he left he left and no one well donan Donan's the only one you can talk to about it. He doesn't seem to know why. He said, I don't know what drew him away, but I could tell he was afraid. We fell apart after he left. So I, I think this is very interesting that we get. I think this is the I, only mention of Tyrael we get in the game.
2: Yeah, and I'm starting to think when he says that he was afraid that, and this is going to be my my speculation here, I started to think that maybe Tyrael was afraid of Inarius. Because <laughs> Tyrael is sort of a link to where Anarius wanted to go. And that's a dangerous thing when somebody who's been trapped for that long is back walking Sanctuary and is raising an army. And he doesn't know what happened to Tyrael. But if he hears that Tyrael is on Sanctuary, what is going to happen?
3: Actually, we're making assumptions here that I don't know that we can actually say yet.
2: Oh, no, we can't. It's probably going to We be- don't
3: know when Anarius got back versus when Tyrael left.
2: We don't. We it's have no idea possible- of timing.
3: But one of the things I've been thinking about on this subject, uh, they specifically say, Donan specifically says that Tyrael was called away and he was afraid. Mm-hmm. That's the thing you just mentioned.
0: He said, I don't know what drew him yeah.
3: away. But he said what he was clearly afraid, which meant that he was oh he wasn't he didn't just like vanish, he was leaving. Yeah he left. Yeah. They saw him he left. there was Yes. And that to me is interesting because we also know just from like developers and stuff, nothing in game tells you this but developers have mentioned that heaven has sealed its doors. Mm-hmm. Was he, did he have to go back? Did they make him go back? Cause remember he's, he was supposedly on the, he was on the injurious council mm-hmm. at the end of Diablo 3's main story. He was on the injurious council. And the reason he got managed to get them to let him go back to earth was the black soul stone. Cause remember they wanted, they didn't want it in heaven. Yep. They wanted that thing out of there. So they yeah, get rid of it. And then, you know, Malthiel steals it. And all that happens happens. Which has me wondering if they were like, "Well, you don't have a reason to be there anymore. Come back." And they maybe they made him come back. You know, if Imperius just showed up and grabbed him, or to- told him, "Yeah, get your stuff together. We got to talk. You've got to come." There's a, ma- a meeting of the injurious Council to discuss what happened to Maltheal, and you need to be there. You know, you you're the one that chose the, to be on it again, so you got to be here. That might be what happened. That might be. You know, there's there's a lot of possibility because like Maltheal uh, Maltheal destroyed. 90% of sanctuary. You know, he killed 90% of the people alive on the world in the world. That's gotta men- merit at least a council meeting, especially since he was attacking heaven. Imperius even says that in D3. He's like, he attacked us. I didn't care when he was doing stuff to you, but he attacked us. Is he mad? You know, so there's 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 a discussion, and, and Imperius saw Malthiel die. So th- to me, there's a possibility that this is all Heaven-related. And in fact, Imperius's inability to reach them might not be because they were essentially boycotting him. It might be because they're like, Sanctuary, we don't want to hear anything from Sanctuary. No more. Nothing good comes from that place. We're not dealing with it. We don't know. But it I is mean, something I wonder about. And Tyrion would definitely not be on board with that.
0: Heaven has never been like Sanctuary's ally. Heaven nope. has never been interested and we've mentioned this before, Malthiel was specifically like, no, these people are demons, we've got to get rid of the demonic essence. And while Malthiel was taking an extreme stance there by, you know, just ripping out the demonic essence of 90% of humanity, thus killing them, it's not all that far off of Heaven's opinion of sanctuary. Heaven does not like Really, does not
3: like it. It's really weird too. Cause if you look at the various injurious council members, when the vote came to destroy humanity, Maltheal abstained, he didn't vote. He just straight up said, I'm not, you know, I'm no opinion abstain. I'm not voting. And the reason that Imperius thought that was okay was because he thought it was going to be a two to two tie. He was going to be like a two, like a two to two tie voting to wipe it out with him interior voting to destroy it. And, uh, Ethereal and the other one whose name I can never remember voting to like not destroy it. Uh, fate and hope. Those two were going to vote not to destroy it's it. Durial? Yeah. And Auriel. Yeah, Ariel is hope. Auriel, Auriel, yes. yes. Ariel and Ethereal. Yeah. Uh, those two were going to vote not to, cause they're hope and fate and they're weird. Um, but he feels like, okay, Tyrion will, will back me. Tyrion and I are bros. He'll back me. <laughs> and the two to two tie goes to the destroy option. Like, you know, Cause, cause yeah, so I'm good. And then Tyriel was like, no, it wouldn't be just. And that's w- where his tiff with Tyrael comes in. That's where Tyrael deciding that he was going to help the humans of sanctuary. Tyriel has always been the only angel who just wanted to help us because it was the right thing to do.
0: He's the only um, angel that's cared about yeah. humanity. That's well, cared about anything good happening to us.
3: We're not sure about fate and hope. They're, they're, they they're have never really said other than yeah. some brief moments in D3 they've never really come out and said humans good or humans bad they just they voted not to kill us and then they've done nothing since
0: is, just hmm? just saying we're not going to kill you is not the same as saying hey oh, yeah, let's true. help you out Yeah.
3: well it's, it's we're, I know we're getting sidetracked <laughs> <laughs> but let's get to, to the, the actual thing here the reason that this is important is because throughout the game you see not one, but two religions that claim to have, you know, be in touch with the light. And one of them straight up has an angel at the head of it, but that angel has no contact with the heavens. And those religions are not doing much on sanctuary. Like I think the fact that an organization could go as far as to tattoo rooms, they only got that information. Elias only got that information because he's took it from the Zaka room and the Zaka room couldn't stop him. Like that's how far they've fallen. They couldn't do anything. Elias walked right through them.
2: Yeah, and and so speaking of Elias walking straight through things, as you come back to the (laughs) as you come back to the church, and as you are, as as you are discussing the plan or the harebrained uh, plan therein, uh, Tysa says that she can't breathe. She's stuck. um, That she needs to get some air. She can't. She needs to clear her head. And. Every player I'm pretty sure at this point was like you're leaving hollowed ground to do this. No, that's bad, but nobody stops her because Lorath and Donnan are still too busy arguing with each other. Narel doesn't know better really at this point yet. Uh, yeah, no one
3: just I don't know if anyone's told Narel. By the way, she's got Andariel on her.
2: And then there's and then there's us as the player character who's really engrossed in the argument that's going on with the fight. And then all of a sudden you, uh, she walks outside and things get very quiet. Um, and then essentially you get pulled outside in order to find that uh, Elias has shown up because remember we said he was able to, uh, that Lilith looked back and saw you, she saw where you were and Elias can go there. Elias can just walk wherever he wants. He's kind of, ish human thing maybe
3: 100 percent human with some f- deletions
2: yes um and then you find uh taisa with the ritual being completed and of course this is where Andariel gets summoned anguish incarnate uh you fight Andariel, uh you you beat her up yeah you, you do your thing and then you go back in and you're like yeah things are good and they're all, everybody is com- <laughs> Everybody, everybody is everybody is shocked that you beat one of the lesser evils, including yourself, as Matt pointed out earlier. Um, there's really not much more to that because it's literally a boss fight. But then you go in uh, and you see Donn and uh, Lorath holding up the Herodric barrier, which is the first instance of them working together and being on the same page this entire game. So that's pretty uh, that's pretty noteworthy. So.
3: And- this is like after this point, um, I think we. this is it for Act 4, right?
2: This is the end of Act 4, uh, where you are now moving into uh, Act 5, yes.
3: And from Act 5 on, it's none, it basically just goes Act 5 to Act 6, uh, and then the small epilogue after Act 6. Um, but Act 5 is basically just, okay, we have to go and figure out how Elias is immortal. And even... The best part is even Donan is like, why do we care? Like, Donan's, you know, Elias isn't the important one here. Lilith is. Why don't we just go straight at her? And uh, Lorath is like, look, uh, I get what you're saying, but do you, like, does the soul stone even work? Do, do we don't know anything here. We have to, we've got to, you know, whilst you and I figure out the soul stone, the, they can track down Elias and figure out what's going on. And, and so for the act key- five is wild. Like I don't even know how to relate all of act so there. Five
2: to- are, yeah, there, there are two main story arcs that happen in act five. There is the work that Donnan is doing with the Soulstone, and then there is the work that Lorath and Narell are doing for Elias. So let's let's start with Elias because I think that is the easier of the two to
3: sort of explain a little bit. All right, uh, Liz, you want to you go with that?
0: Uh, sure. This is my. It's both my favorite and my least favorite part of the game because I have like a severe snake phobia and there are snakes everywhere, and the whole thing is about a giant snake and it makes me crazy, but it's great also it's great uh so yes, you're in a region called howitzar. am I saying that right?
3: I think you're close enough on... Howitzar. <laughs>
0: close enough um, seriously uh,
3: it's not exactly you know it's it's con- it's a it's not a word that you look at and it's like oh, that's that's easy that's, yeah I can pronounce that one just. So. <laughs>
0: is an interesting place. It's a giant swamp, and one thing Tiasa says, like, early on is that you're in, okay, this one I really can't pronounce, Zarbanet? Zarzbanet? Is the town you start in?
3: Zarbanzet, I think. I'm looking
0: at the, I'm actually you're in the Z- so
3: I'm looking at the map.
0: You're in Zarbanzet, and Tiasa has this little comment that's very interesting about how Zarbanzet is, you know, the thing that stands between Sanctuary's power and the swamps. And you say you tell her the swamp is part of sanctuary, and she's like, "Oh, is it?" So you you really have the feeling that you're in some place very different from where you've been before. The atmosphere feels very different. You've just spent three acts in various kinds of deserts, and now you're going into this dense, swampy jungle, and it feels it it feels like you've crossed into something new. Whether it's actually Something that's not sanctuary, like Tiasa suggests, or it's just somewhere really different. You don't know.
3: All right, but, no Howitzer, theory, but you know, we'll talk about that after.
0: Howitzer is inhabited by there are witches in the swamp, and that's a key a key part of this and something something that I think all of us think is a place for possible future game expansion. You track down a witch who puts you on the course to. I, summon this snake <laughs> by uh, there's there's a lot of fighting snakes there's some incense everyone passes out and you, then you kind of have a it's it's all very it's unclear because it's is this a vision is this real and i mean at one point Laureth is like no just this is here to confuse us and you're you're all hearing voices and but you see the snake and norell is particularly drawn to it. She can see, she sees these beautiful golden scales. She sees herself walking on the scales. And so you just kind of, you follow the giant snake. The snake is taller, like its body is like taller than any of your characters. And you're following it to the through the swamp. Yeah, various combat encounters, various weird dialogue options happen here because everyone, it's... I mean, maybe this is why howitzar seems so different, because there's a, a significant part of it where it's like, is this real? Is this even real? I don't know. Am I just hallucinating all of this? Is this a real place in the world? You're hearing voices, you're following a maybe, maybe not real snake. Uh, but eventually, you wind up at the Tree of Whispers, which is a tree with many human heads hanging from it.
2: A sentient
0: tree. Uh, like, is the tree sentient? It must be sentient.
3: Is it the tree or the heads? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. They sort of explain
2: this later on a little bit, and they don't go too far into it, but from what the, the game tells you, the tree itself is a, a sentient presence, and it adds to the knowledge that it has based off of those that make the deal with it and those who pay the price. And the price is when that person dies, their head is added to the tree. And that tree then gains the collective knowledge that that head had in life. Um, Which, this this is important because this that's how the tree knows things. Well,
3: that, that, is, that is the one way the tree knows things.
2: It is one way, yes. Please continue.
0: Uh, but we find out from the tree that uh, Elias made a deal. Elias made a deal to find out how to summon Lilith. This was where he found out what he needed to know to summon Lilith. And
3: but then he cheated because there's yeah, yeah.
0: no intention of keeping
3: his end of the deal because he's never gonna die. Apparently. I mean,
0: no one, you know, no one really wants to give up their head to the tree of whispers. No, but <laughs> it's still, kind of a high price. You live in immortality, hanging to a tree. Yeah, and you have to answer everyone's questions. I mean, that's a that's a I lousy the, job. Other,
3: other people do bear up, and and Elias cheated, and the tree is offended. Like we made a deal. I gave you what you wanted. Yeah, now you're gonna me, like, you're gonna not give me what I want. Listen, so, I'm, I'm just
2: gonna say it this way: the, the tree is the most straightforward interaction you have in Diablo history. Period. There, there is there is no trickiness with it. It gives you what you want, and it takes what it wants. It is a one to one transaction. I got to give that tree credit. It is the most trustworthy <laughs> entity in Sanctuary. Please continue.
0: I mean, the tree always gets its due, and the problem is that. Uh, Elias has died. we personally killed him several times, and the tree does not have its head. The tree does not have what was promised to it. And certainly there's a suggestion that, you know, Elias has died even before we came on the scene, because that's- the tree was hunting him before we came on the scene. The tree had, in fact, sent Tiasa to go fetch the head they were owed, and Tiasa, you know, she got captured. And... And and so we go. So we go. But now you find out, okay, Elias learned to summon Lilith here. But also after he learned that, he, he made another stop in Howitzar. He made a stop that is outside the tree's vision. And the tree agrees to give you all of this knowledge, not for the cost of a head, but because you're going to go fetch Elias for it and make sure the debt is paid. So it tells you where to go where Elias went and where he slipped out of the tree's vision. And I'm, I'm going to throw this part to someone else.
3: All right. I'll pick up. Th- you basically have to go to the coast. Um, the coast of Hawazar is absolutely chock-a-block with, with walking dead zombie uh, uh, sailors, It's the, the the drowned. They're all over the place. They are just everywhere. Um, it's a graveyard find, for ships too. Yeah. There's, there's plenty of there's ship graveyards, tons of people who died on boats. the, the big—they have giant bells. They took off the ships and they just beat on them for no reason that I understand. So they're in the way, and you have to get yourself uh, and Lorath and Narell through all this to to find the place that Elias went. You get to a certain point, and if you if you remember Act One, you come upon a place where only Narell can slip through a hole on this this half destroyed you know graveyard of a ship and get to the other side and open it for you.
0: She she uh, does that once earlier in Act Five yeah. as well. She slips past the snake to yeah. help you to the other side.
3: So she's set up. You know, you're 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 used to her doing this. We've uh, seen this happen. But she does it this time, and then there's this shriek, and you say F it" and blow the door open because you know no, I'm I'm done with waiting for people to go open doors. Boom, and you go charging in, and Nereus on the ground in agony, and you kill all the drowned, and her her wound is already infected. Yeah, they're like, like they're she, like she she zombie is,
2: walkers almost, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, she's basically if you've seen the Walking Dead or any other zombie thing, you know, the Evil Dead, whatever, you know what's coming next. So, in order to prevent her from becoming one of them, Kagar cuts her arm off at the uh elbow.
2: Lorath, not Kagar. I'm
3: sorry. But we know <laughs> who, at least when I say Kagar, we know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Lorath, yeah, Lorath cuts her arm off at the elbow. I quite frankly, Lorath and Cadgar are the same person to me. Um he does this in front of you. You help him because there is no alternative. It's it's either she turns into one of those things or the arm comes off.
0: I mean, so, he specifically says she's dying, which I guess that yeah. could be interpreted either way.
3: Yeah, and so I will say this. He takes this so much harder than I was expecting him. Like he, in the moment he's all, we have to do this, but then he's like, you'll never, you'll never want for anything. You will be a Haradrim girl. That's my promise to you. She can't hear him. She's like out, mm. but he's like, you know, you will be a Haradrim. It, it's like, the flood it's gets like open. In this, it, mm-hmm. Yeah. In this moment, he has found the person he used to be and he'll never be that person again, but he now knows where they are inside him. Um, and so he's like, you know, I, I'm going to take her back to the chapel and tend to her as best I can. You're the only one who can do this anyway. We all know that now that we saw you beat Andariel. This is all you. Go find what Elias did. And so you go to the water, and the, there's a coffin, big, big coffin. Liz was talking about it, how she's a problem with snakes. I don't like the idea of being
0: in a coffin. This
2: is legit. One of my fears in life yeah. is not not just the coffin, but what happens next.
0: And space, and then getting this is yeah. It, this feels like one of the most intense moments. It's a quiet moment, really, uh-huh. yeah. but it's very intense. Yes. And I'm going to the- give and,
2: and there's going to be a, a warning here, a trigger warning here for uh, well, I hate to say it, but like for drowning, because we have to yeah. we have to be we have to
3: be upfront about this.
0: Mm-hmm. It's You're getting the coffin. The Good. tree did tell you there was a yeah. coffin. So, you know, you're out here looking for a coffin. It's like, that's kind of weird, but this is sanctuary. Sanctuary is kind of weird. I'm looking for a coffin. Okay. The
3: best part, though, in the in terms of creepiness factor, is the tree starts talking to you again when you get to the coffin.
2: Yeah. And you realize and how like, far its reach actually is.
3: Yeah. It's like, go ahead. This is the part where we lost him. Get in. And you get and, in the coffin and you and drowned it, in the coffin. It's
0: also, it's also the tree says something like... You know, the debt will be paid. The debt will be paid. And you're you're in the coffin. You see the coffin sinking into the water. The tree is still speaking. And you're like, wait a second. Am I taking the place of this debt? Am I the debt?
2: Have I been set up?
0: Have I? Yes, exactly. Oh, the tree is taking its due. And it doesn't care whether its due is Elias or me. It just needs its due. Because it's uh, this does not look good. You're going underwater. And it's, it's a really scary moment where for a, for a moment there, you don't know what's happening. You just have no idea. Has everything turned on its head?
3: And then you come out of it. And this is a classic shamanic initiation type ritual. So we will be talking about this later, but you come out and the end afterwards, and you drowned it, you drowned in that calf coffin. You see it. And then you're up, you're on somewhere. You don't know where you are. You're hacking up water. You're like, what, where? And This is like when you first in act one, you saw the necropolis of the firstborn. And I've always wondered why the the firstborn needed a necropolis since some of them seem to still be alive and none of them seem to have actually died. Um, But But
0: there are, there are a lot of bodies laid out in the necropolis of the firstborn. Yeah.
3: That's, that's interesting too. Uh, But you get here, this is Rathma's laboratory. This is Rathma's private. uh, Sanctum. Sanctum. And it, it is by all accounts beyond sanctuary. Which is one of the things that I really thought about when the whole Howazar is—you know, this is the thing that stands between Howazar and Sanctuary. I think Howazar is is itself between Sanctuary and the cosmos. So
2: there's there's an interesting thing here, and and we're probably going to talk about this a little bit more in depth on another Lore Watch. But pieces of the Soul Stone have always, or of the World Stone, have always been on Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. they've been there forever and we know that it has the power to create entire worlds or universes it is yeah. entirely possible yeah. that this is the result or these these pocket dimensions that are beyond sanctuary are sanctuary adjacent pockets created by people who found the soul stones or tiny pieces of them and use them to make these tiny pocket dimensions or areas and it's sustained I mean, by the belief that- of the people that, that know it exists
3: Rathma would be uniquely suited to do this too, because as the first of the Nephilim, he was the 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 first to ever really know the worldstone
2: and, and the uh, and a
3: student of Tregul. Yeah, which we'll get back to because uh, that that's a that's a thing. Liz, Liz, Liz is me, just trying to talk, so I'm going to shut up.
0: Let me ask you two a question: Did we know anything about the Tree of Whispers in previous lore?
3: Nope. Nope. This is brand new.
0: So this is did this is brand new and but the giant weird. serpent we didn't it is something we have heard of
3: yes, or if we think so, but anyway, so, so we don't get sidetracked. You start following through this place. And just like when you went through the necropolis of the firstborn, you see visions, except this time you see visions of Elias and Elias is like the best part, in my opinion, is your, commentary (laughs) every time a lie starts spouting like i cannot wait till i don't have to hear this this guy bloviate anymore or something like i don't i cannot wait until i don't have to hear this man's voice again just stuff like that like just i am so done with this guy (laughs) and you finally get to a place where you figure out how he got the, the summoning ritual how he learned it uh and and that's all you know that's good right now knowing that is good but it doesn't really answer the burning question which is why you can't kill this jerk. And you find out that he's basically cheating. He, he's taken a piece of himself and he's cut it off. It's his, I think one of his fingers. It's yeah. it is one of his fingers. Yeah. And, and he's kept it basically isolated away from his body. It's like the old story about Kashi and the egg, you know, like, you know, he keeps his soul in an egg. This guy keeps his soul in his finger. And so every time you kill him, he just comes back from the finger. It's essentially a... It's, uh, it's like a, it's lich, assen- it's like a I, lich phylactery.
2: I was just going to say that. It's like, it's like the liches phylactery.
3: Yeah, so... I said it right this um, time. Yeah, and with this information, you grab the finger, and uh, you now know how Elias summoned Lilith in the first place, uh, and you now know how he's cheating death. You go back, and you tell Lorath, and Lorath oh. is the most sensible guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From this ahead, one Liz. moment...
0: But you go back, not by like, oh, I'm going to walk out of the temple. The temple starts filling up with water.
3: Yeah, it's, it's you're like, like disintegrating.
0: Yes, it's it's filling up with water, and you go under. Again, you were talking about the symbolism of drowning earlier. Mm. You do it again. Yeah. Loreth, mm-hmm. Loreth finds you floating in the water in that coffin. So it's like you've you've like drowned twice in the course of like an hour here.
3: Yeah, and the only real sign that you actually went anywhere is the fact that you have the finger when you come back,
0: and, and that's another. That's another thing. Is what is real here? What is yeah. real, and what's in our head? Because you and drowned, and then you were in this place, and Elias was see, talking to you. And
2: that's the interesting thing, though, that they've sort of established moving into this. And again, I highly recommend if you are interested in Diablo lore, you go back and read the the Sin Wars trilogy because they establish like, that belief. Do in I have power- to? <laughs> Or at least audiobooks or whatever. It's 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 not as bad. It's actually it's actually they're very good.
3: It's um, it's not the knackiest of knacks. No, he was,
2: you could tell you could tell that there was definitely a guidance. Um, however, the point is like power of the nephilim is sort of control over reality. It is yeah.
3: By the be- end of it, Odyssean is capable of rewriting history and does so. And what he erases th- th- himself from existence. In the process.
2: in Rothma, the first of the Nephilim, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that everything that happened to us is both real and the manifestation of whatever triggers or power Rothma put into that sanctuary.
3: Yeah, because w- whether or not the sanctuary was actually real and whether or not we actually went there, which we could, I think, an entire show, but we need to get to this thing. The point is, you come back with the finger. You have it. And when you show it to Lorath, he just burned that thing. He doesn't mess around like, we have to study. No, burn that thing. And so <laughs> you do, you burn it. He is so it, done with this. Yeah, just burn that thing. And I I, f- I know I'm skipping ahead here, because then you have to go do the Donan stuff. So, uh, Joe, you want to yeah. start on the Donen stuff? So
2: the Donan stuff is you are essentially taking the soul stone that was originally used for Astaroth, uh, which that is a heavy burden to put on Donen to begin with, but it's the only soul stone you have, and you have to attune it. And this is where we learn a little bit about the soul stones. It's not just any soul stone that can be have a demon shoved into it or an entity of great power. It has to be aligned or attuned. And so there is a plan where you are going to go to uh, essentially the tomb of hatred, uh, which is where God,
0: it's the tomb where the Zach room it's the, it's, it's the Quahog and Sankicor.
3: It's the Quahog and tomb.
2: This is, this is what we've heard about in the previous places. This is where we heard about the soul stone that contained Mephisto was imprisoned based at the bottom of the Zockaroon Keep where you go to the keep and you find you have to find your way in and find that it has been absolutely decimated because of course it has. We know this from the stories. You make your way down into the black tomb of Sankicor. Uh, which is where Donan tries to attune himself or attune the stone to it. Uh, Unfortunately, like all Diablo stuff, things go wrong, uh, and a manifestation of hate claws its way from the tomb. You have to take it down uh, as well as any of its minions, and then you speak to Donan to find out that uh, it must have been damaged with whatever happened with Yorn and Astaroth, which is, again, really well voice acted because you can hear, there's like this tinge of, had I not let that first thing happen, we wouldn't have this problem again. And in the process, like he's reliving the, the fact that he lost his son to this. Uh, So go ahead.
0: This whole little arc is really the story of Donan dealing with his son's death. And he's clearly not dealing with it very well. The voice acting is amazing throughout. The animation is very good. I mean, Donan is presented in a way that is very real and relatable that you don't can, can always we, see in yeah, video games.
3: Can we just say straight up, this is one of the few times in any video game I've ever played where an actual like consequence of grief, like you, you see something horrible happens and yes. you actually see the consequences. You see the toll. Of it. Yeah. You know, but, it, it was quite astonishing to me,
0: but you're m- always good. <laughs> Joe keeps trying to keep us on track and we keep going off in different directions. You're always playing the big hero, particularly in Diablo games. You're the big hero. You're going to solve the problem. Diablo 3 was just nonstop. You're going forward. You're solving the problem. You don't stop to grieve. You don't stop to think about things. You're going to hit things really hard. And that's the solution to everything. So you, you don't see consequences like this. And it's heartbreaking.
2: And there's more to it here, too, because part of what they're talking about is at play here in the quest scene. So you, Donan tells you that you have to fix the soul stone. It has to be repaired. And there's only very specific ways to do it. And so you are you go off and uh, you try to uh, basically you go and find uh, the Swamp Witch who will have essentially what you want or, or so that is thought that this this one specific place. And I can't remember the name of the town and it's going to bother me. Yeah. Um,
0: it's a town I couldn't say the name of. Waxahani?
2: Yeah, and they they, w- tell you that they tell you that they're not going to trade with you. They're not going to give you the things you need. And if you want to get that stuff because they know what it's used for, that you need to go talk with the witch. And that you're in luck because she's home because the fires are on. So you show up in the, the the keep of this little ruined tower at the outskirts of town, and it's Tysa. Tysa has a conversation with Donan. They talk about what they need. initially she refuses uh, to give him help, uh, but then there's a sort of obligation because, yes, you did save her life, so she'll tell you what you need to do. She tells you to go talk to one of her friends, who is a Witch of the Wastes, uh, and she should have what you need, which is, I think, Quicksilver or something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's Quicksilver for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, And her name is Valfa in the Cinder Waste. So you make your way there, and it is a burning, smoldering swamp. Which is probably a red flag. Uh, you keep going. You make your way through the burning swamp. You find your way to Valtha's home. Uh, and you dig around and root around because, well, you're the hero. And if anything, I've been taught by the Legend of Zelda games is you just walk into homes and take what you want, right? Um, you walk outside we- and Valtha comes out. Sorry.
0: We also kind of have a history of this in just this game. We did the same thing with Laura at South. Oh, yeah. House In the 100%. beginning. We go in, we... We go through all of those things, and <laughs> that's apparently just what we do.
2: Yeah. So you walk in, you, you get the stuff, you walk out, and Valtha confronts you. Oh, you were, you're going to just root through my house, huh? Uh, and then you find out that Valtha was made a deal with Lilith. Lilith essentially showed her what was uh, to come, and Valtha sided with Lilith. So you have to fight Valtha. Again, like most things in this game, you fight, you get what you need. Um, she tries to burn her house down to keep you from getting the stuff you need, Uh, but in the end, you manage to get it anyway, and you wind up taking it back. Uh, You try to help Donin repair the Soul Stone, but the ritual goes wrong because Donin is unfocused. He's not really there. He's dealing with the grief of everything else. Uh, He's still dealing with the the weight of the world on his shoulders at this point as well, Uh, and that's when Tysa says, I know a way that we can help him we're going to go and we're going to go take a vision journey. Basically takes him to, sorry, go ahead.
0: Either, either Donan or Tiasa points out that this ritual he's doing to repair the stole stone, it requires belief. You have to believe yeah. you can do it. You have to have faith T- in the process. Tysa and does, he actually. doesn't have that.
2: Yeah. Tysa's he doesn't one that points have out.
0: that anymore.
2: So, so Tysa and you take him to this magic hut, uh, out in the middle of the swamp where Tysa actually had one of her own journeys uh, you craft a uh, essentially a T, and it brings forth the vision. Uh, Donnan experiences his vision of, of his own, but you get your own experience, and yours comes with Mephisto. Uh, basically, he pulls you into a vision of, I think it's Travencall. I think. Am I pronouncing that right? Um and he tells you that the Haradrim are holding you back. He warns you that their their way only ends with death and that everything he's warned you has basically come to happen. He says that he wants to help you stop Lilith. Uh, and he makes you an offer. Do this thing. I know what you're trying to do, but leave me alone, essentially. I w- I'm not your enemy today. I will be your enemy in the future, but today is not that day. I,
0: I think there's something interesting here in that... Mephisto is warning you off the Haradrim. He's saying, Elias is the Haradrim's problem. Let them deal with him. Come with me and we can stop Lilith. Yep. And M- Mephisto has warned you off the Haradrim since the first time you met him. <laughs> he, uh, you know, at the it was in that very first vision you had of him in Act One, where he says the Haradrim's plans only end in fire and death. And now he's not repeating the same thing, but he's saying the Haradrim it never works out. You can't put your trust in them. And I would, you like, to, I would like, you to have to, I'd like to point walk out away from this.
2: I would like to point out that one of them did end in fire, which the cutting of Nayrell's hand and throwing it into mm-hmm. flame. That is prophecy. Number one, complete. Uh, but you go through your process. You tell him, no, like the big hero you are, uh, you return back to your friends. And while you were on your journey, Donnan was having his journey of getting to see his son and his son telling him I was ready It was my choice. You need to stop. And even now, like he's like, you have to deal with this and do what you have to do. And I'm paraphrasing. It's a very touching, very sad moment. Um, And Donnan is very clearly hit by it. Uh, And then at the end of it, the the vision of his son says, I'm ready to go. And walks away with Donnan pleading for him to stay. The next time you see... Go ahead.
0: This is this feels like it mirrors a little another scene in act one where Nyrell and her mother her mother is dying she's already she was yeah she was dead dead and then she was brought back and it's it's a whole thing but she's saying you have to let me go you have to let me go you can't save me from my own bad decisions and you have to let me go and continue on your own that's a little bit of what you get between Yorin and donut.
3: Yeah, there is a certain amount of one of the thing. One of the themes of this game, I, there are three main themes that I'm, I'm going to point out when we get to the end of this. But one of the themes of the game is definitely grief and loss, and how it it affects and shot and scars and shapes you. And both with the the, the Narelle, uh, I can't Venreth, uh I can't remember her mother's name well enough to say Venard. Venard. Uh Narel and Vinard have a moment like that. Although in that case it's very much due to Vinard uh, her her poor choices. Jorin mm-hmm. didn't make a bad choice. But so, he made
0: yeah he, the it, point it is, he made his choice and he, made choices. And
3: he, he lived he yes. wanted to live a certain way and he did live that way. And it it he died, but he didn't die regretting himself. And that's one of the really fascinating things about this is the, the alternating nature of it. But either way you've got bereavement. Mm-hmm. So yeah there's there's a really amazing there's there's a lot of that in this game and and I hope we get a chance to talk about it all because my god there's some 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 side quests that really do tie into this but anyway Donan let's move on with what happened with donan
2: so donan Donan sort of gets his resolve back a little bit and you can when you next deal with him and you're going to repair the soul stone he's got more faith in himself he's got more assuredness in himself
3: he's not diffident like he was before too. Or maybe three. Now he's just two. No he more knows. than
2: two. He knows. Because yeah. He's read these books. He knows the the stuff. He was just so consumed in his own thoughts. But now he's got to task the focus. He's been essentially let go by like his son's grief. The, that's always going to be there, right? But it's like the vision of his son his, or his spirit of his son told him, keep moving. So now he's going to keep moving. Uh, so you've repaired the soul stone. Uh, you wind up going back uh, and linking uh, linking back up with not just Donan, but I, Lorath and Narell. Go ahead.
0: I want to jump in and a little bit of what Donan has told you about the Soul Stone through some of these quests throughout this chain. He mentions, this may have been earlier, but he mentions that the Soul Stone is an imperfect weapon. Yes. It has never worked out the demons seep out, they try to corrupt you, which was exactly why he spent so much effort trying to contain uh,
1: Astaroth. Astaroth. Yep.
0: But he says, but they're the only weapon we have. You know, we can't just go and pick a fight, even though you keep going in and picking fights and defeating demons. They're the best weapon we have. And it kind of catalyzes this whole thing. I've always kind of thought, man, the Haradrim, really, they keep going back to the soul stones even when they never work, but Donen turns my uh, kind of mm, casual, sarcastic thinking on its head and says, "These are these don't work, but they're the best we have." Yeah, like, yeah. like it's we, a
3: delaying tactic. We are we, not doing yeah. this because we think this will stop them forever. We're doing this because it will stop them now. It's it's almost like when you when you talk about seatbelts in a car. Are seatbelts mm-hmm. magic? Do they prevent a car accident from killing you? No, but they prevent deaths. This this will prevent deaths while they're in the soul stone they're not out there burning and destroying is it perfect no definitely don't give the the soul stone to a religious order and let it corrupt them that was a mistake but it it is an interesting way to look at it where everything is is kicking the can down the road
0: Mm -hmm. and they've never like they've never come up with step two of this plan it's always like step one is the soul stone and step two is um... the question marks and then
3: step three is profit. yeah we we don't know (laughs) we don't know
2: so in, in in despite the fact that this is a kick the can down the road type of solution, it is the only solution they have right now that may change in the future. And we're going to talk about that when we get into the next episode or I'm sorry, the next act might be the next episode, depending on how we do here. Uh, but you manage to link back up with Lorath and Narell. You get back into the tomb. You go back and the ritual is now being uh, performed, not just by. Donnan, but also Lorath. The Haradrim are are going through, and Donnan, There's this moment where Donnan's like tells him, "You get go ahead."
0: It's Lorath and Narel helping with the ritual, so you yep. kind of get yes. All three of them. There's, yes, they found some. They found some little bit of unity because they need to work together to do this.
2: Well, it's interesting because Narel is the newcomer who has studied this, but. The, when Donnan says, you remember that, you know, that it's the, and Lorath cuts him off and recites exactly how it needs to be in order for the ritual to work. And Narell picks up on it immediately and they all start casting. Well, while this is happening, there is no immediate threat to them. However, Tysa, who accompanied you to make sure that the work was done, senses a presence. And this is where Elias pops back up. And now and I'm going to stop my talking and let back out.
3: This is my second favorite moment in the whole thing. This is so good. (laughs) Go for it, Matt. You, you go forth, uh, with, uh, Tysa and you, you find that Elias is, has been sending the, he sends the triune and he's coming himself to try and stop you. Obviously he doesn't want you going after Lilith. So he does this whole spiel. You kill a whole bunch of demons. He does this whole spiel about how, you know, this is pointless. You can't stop him. And you go, I've been to the necropolis beyond space. Elias. Well, whatever it is, I forget what call called. I've, you say that
0: I've been to the sunken temple. Yeah, I've been you to have the, the no I secrets from me. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, I love that line that you have no secrets from me. And then he just looks yeah. at his hand.
3: Yeah, and you're just looking at him. It's I haven't seen it on say the necromancer or a druid or whatever, but on a barbarian, the look on her face is pure glee. She's like, I have you. I have you. And he's like He's like, I'd better run. And you're like, I'd better follow you. So you chase him <laughs> around. There's some fighting, chase him, fighting. Finally, he gets, basically, he, he does get away from you, but basically gets himself killed anyway, uh, trying to escape you. And it is it is a really good moment where he gets confronted. You've got him. Tysa actually has him. And she's got a knife on her. And she's got it to his throat, basically. And you show up, and Lorath is there. And he starts ranting at Lorath. And then it's just, just kill him somebody kill this guy <laughs> and they just, they just kill him. He doesn't even get his big villain moment. He gets an ignominious and death. He and does it is kind
0: beautiful. of, he does kind of get a big villain moment because they do let him talk a little bit, yeah. mostly to Lorath saying yeah, does, that Lorath, to Lorath is saying Lorath is a coward. Lorath wasn't willing to do what needed to be done. And he was. No one was taking action against this big threat, and he was taking action. And if Lorath is going to blame blame him for that, he can only blame himself, because Lorath did not take action. He was not willing to make the hard decisions.
2: And after this is concluded, the Tysa does actually claim uh, Elias's head, and a crow comes and takes the head and flies it off to where it needs to be. And That's at- a
0: really... That's an interesting scene visually, because it's like all of this dialogue is happening, this big dramatic moment. But your character is like looking around and you see the crow come up in the foreground and your character is like, what is this crow? And then, of course, the crow comes and carries off Elias's head.
2: And after that, you are then you go back essentially uh, to the tree, to the Tree of Whispers, Mm -hmm. Because that's your last step in this in this particular act, um, and you go back, and Elias's head is now on the tree. Uh, yeah, and it's
3: ooh, ooh you're going to tell this part. Oh my God, this go is ahead. one of my favorite parts. Go ahead. No, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing it. Dang, I should have shot. <laughs> um, but you get there, and you start talking to the tree, and like Donan and both Donan and Naorl point out, the tree doesn't give you things for nothing. Like if we're talking to the tree and we want to get the information of how to get to Lilith. What? Go ahead, Liz.
0: There's like a little a little gap in this is that you were you've rounded up with Tiasa and uh, and uh, Donan and it's like wait, where's Loreth? Loreth yeah. has gone ahead of you to talk to the tree. And they're yeah. like,
3: Are you that idiot? Well, I think <laughs> that, that actually that actually comes after what I was talking about, because at first you're talking to to Donan and Nyrell, and they're like you know i don't understand why he why we're even going to go to the tree because it won't help us and then they're like wait a minute where's where's lorath and that's when you and realize donna knows, like,
2: yeah. knows what he's gonna do
3: oh no that's yeah. that, that idiot because yep yeah
0: after after elias spent his last words insulting lorath and uh, deriding him for not taking action yeah so- yeah we can see where this is going
3: So you run after him, obviously, because, you know, once again, trying to be the big hero. Uh, Unfortunately, you or fortunately, who knows? You don't get there in time. And Lorath has already made the deal.
2: Yeah. And so he explains that it's she's been ahead of us for far too long. And this is another callback, right? This is something we've talked about with Diablo one, two and even three where the big bad has been so far ahead of us as the player characters that we're always playing catch up and this time we're not really playing catch up we're we're we are but we're we're sort of lorath is actually doing
3: do catch up we actually we do actually get
2: there do. yes yeah um unfortunately to get the information he had to promise the tree his head when he dies but he has the information and this it is where the, tr- go ahead.
0: the tree knows everything elias knows and i have to sarcastically point out that did we really need to sell anyone's head in order to find out that tears of blood falling on a desert jewel meant we were going to Caldeum. Did we have to do this? Probably,
2: probably not. But also after this news, Lorath will explain to you that uh, Lilith has found one of the gateways to hell and it's under Caldeum. Uh, That makes a certain amount of sense considering Uh, Who was the greater evil that was in possession of Chaldeum for a little bit? No, it was a lesser evil, but it was Belial.
3: It was Belial. That's right. Um, Belial, who was Mephisto's protege. Yes. The, the lesser evil who served Mephisto directly until the the Dark Exile was Belial. And if anybody knew the truth of the Dark Exile, the fact that it was all a gigantic lie to get the, the three prime evils onto Sanctuary without heaven doing anything, it was Belial, it was Belial because if you're going to make a big lie and your protege is the Lord of Lies, you're probably going <laughs> to consult with him. Like, how do I lie better? Oh, sure, yeah, that's that's my thing. So uh so yeah. Portals there. The uh that means that the triune are all heading there. Uh but also it's it's where Inarius is gonna go.
2: Yeah, Inarius because is gonna be there, the Church Inarius, of is gonna be there.
3: Yeah, yeah, Inarius and the Cathedral of Light are gonna be there because this is Inarius' big moment in Anarius's head. This is mm-hmm. his you know, he's decided this thing goes, oh, go ahead, Liz. I hear you talk.
0: He's he's the Spear of Light who's going to pierce Hatred's heart. This is his big moment. He's going to kill Lilith and then be welcomed back to heaven.
3: Yep. So you're now, you're still behind, but now you know where to go at least. And then there, of course, when you get there, and there's a lot of stuff in between finding out and actually getting there. There's a ton of side quest stuff you can do. Even if you run straight to it, there's stuff in the way there's story beats, but I think we need to, to move to the confrontation.
2: Well, we're, when, I, I think we're not going to, because we are, I think we're going to be out of time and there's a lot to talk about in Act six because X X six is huge. I, Godless.
0: I want to, I want to point out something about Inarius before we head into Inarius's big moment, probably next time. Is that when you talk to Mephisto in Act 6, he had some dialogue about Inarius, which comes into my big conspiracy theory that maybe we'll get to later. And uh, he says, the angel was my prisoner. I've seen his true face. He and Lilith are not as different as you might think. The angel was already filled with hate when he became my prisoner. All I did was refine his anger. When he escaped back to your world, he brought it with him. So, I mean, Mephisto has a unique perspective on Inarius, and he he and Inarius hung out for quite a while in hell. He well, did hold I Inarius don't prisoner. I
3: was going to say, I don't know if I call that hanging out. It reminds well, me of, well, When I go for a
0: hangout, I don't expect to
3: be tortured for a millennia.
2: It reminds I mean, me a lot of uh, that scene in Supernatural where Dean winds up going to hell for a while, and then... Uh, you know, he's on the rack until he's not on the rack anymore. That's kind of what happened with Inarius.
0: So, and we still don't know how Inarius escaped. We don't know what happened to Inarius. We don't know when he escaped. We don't know exactly how long he was in hell. We don't know how long he's been on or, sanctuary.
2: Or if it even was an escape.
0: That's yeah, that's my thinking. Did Mephisto let Inarius go to screw with sanctuary to cause this chaos to bring his hate so, to bear? Well, because for that he- matter,
3: you know, when, when Mephisto gets back to his home plane, it's after the events of Diablo Three. Mm-hmm. So he would have known what Malthael just did. He would have known the state that Sanctuary was in. He couldn't do anything about it because he was all messed up. He'd nearly died. He'd been turned into part of the greater evil thing that Diablo turned into. So maybe he kicked Inarius out partially... Because he didn't want to expend the, the power to keep torturing him. And partially because, the, you know, that world's already messed up. Let's see what this does.
2: Well, so oh. I, want to, I want to posit something to you, too. Because I think there's a couple things that may have played a factor in this. One, at the time of Anaris' escape, theoretically, and I'm, I'm saying this theoretically, if it was after Diablo III, then Astaroth was possibly already captured in a soul stone. Astaroth is the guardian of Mephisto's palace. We know that. We know that from last episode where we talked about it. He guards the lake of fire that none can pass, not even demons, unless they have an invite our Mephisto or our Astaroth. The other thing that I think is interesting, and we talked about this a little bit at the very, very beginning with the Black Soul Stone, and in several of our episodes where we talked about like the story of Diablo 3, the Black Soul Stone is shattered or gone, right? It is it does not exist anymore in its old form yeah.
3: no Malthiel do you Maltheo pulled it to him and, and used it to attack the nephilim
2: so, and yeah. he and he sort of exploded at the end of it if there are pieces of soul stone all over the place there's also the possibility and this is we can talk about this more next time that the aspects of the prime evils are shattered as well
3: hmm. well i don't think that that's i think that is in fact the basis for what's going on with because they have
2: to because they have to coalesce yeah and we yeah i I don't want to get too far into it because i think x6 really drives that point home but i think it's something to keep in mind as we move forward but i think here's good
0: here's a question is having hatred spread through the world is that something that benefits mephisto is having this hatred out there something that like feeds him because the cathedral of light does kind of spread that it burns people at the stake it's it's we well, it's out of Scotland. Okay.
2: it does everything what are the three prime evils hatred terror
0: terror and destruction
2: and what is the cathedral of light doing
0: all of that
3: see this ties into um i don't know how much time we have maybe we've got a couple minutes a couple minutes this. i think um yeah there's a bit when you're, when you're doing the various sub throughout Howazar and uh, throughout Kedjistan one of the side quests is basically a series of, of dungeons where you, you come upon like the, you, they find the, this place where three pal, three paladins and a fourth paladin who was their leader come to a tomb, the tomb where they, where Sankar was being kept and they lock themselves inside. Mm. And as you go through it, you, you, you know, you find i uh, I'm trying to think of the exact way to put this. You, you, you basically find that each of these, these paladins understood that they were corrupted in some way from exposure to Mephisto, but they weren't surrendering to it. They would not allow him to make them hurt anybody. And there's this really tight passage where the, the main paladin who I am convinced is the paladin from Diablo two, because he yes, says, I'm you know, very convinced defeated, of this as well. You know, I defeated Mephisto you know, we defeated Mephisto together. I saw him destroyed. We can fight evil. And he's talking about how I did not know in that moment if the hate I felt came from Mephisto. He says the anger I felt came from Mephisto or was my own. And the thing is, is Mephisto is very specifically hate, not anger. They're not the same thing. You can be angry at someone and not hate them at all. You can hate someone and not be even remotely angry at them. They're not the same thing. But their use, hate anger is useful to hate. You know, yeah, anger is a, it, it, it becomes motivating. Anger hate is, a, is just anger is a you fl- feel.
2: Yeah, anger is a fleeting thing. It's a, it's a, yeah. a an emotion state. Hatred is a directive.
3: Yeah, you hate something, and throughout the whole time you're in Kajistan, you go to these places, and there's we're talking about the Cathedral of Light and how they've committed all three sins, but Mephisto pre- Mephisto did this already. Mm-hmm. Mephisto did this with his, of the, the Zakra room. No, he did it with the Zakra room. Oh, when yeah. Mephisto was Quai Hagen, he possessed the body of Sankakor. That's Mephisto' body there. That's not Sankakor was not just Sankakor. Sankakor had Mephisto in him for like
0: thirty years. And that's one of the reason we go there mm-hmm. in Deep is mm-hmm. We are looking for places where Mephisto's hatred still lingers, so that we can attune the Soul Stone. And so there's we a. Know-
3: yeah, and there's a there's a letter. I think it's called the Heretics Asylum. There's a letter from Sankakor as the Quayhagen, abs- telling them that all the witches you've burned in in Havizar, all the people the the supposed heretics you've murdered here. I absolve you because you are saving the faith. Sin, you know, sincerely, you have been, you will now be saints. Sincerely, Quayhagen Sankakor. Ken Sankakor was never not Mephisto. Sankakor was like the latest in a series mm-hmm. of Quahagans who were Mephisto. Mephisto kept wearing them like suits. So you actually get to see the legacy of hatred that you see in this. When you, when you're in Hawazar, you you can go to a place where there was this witch who was like, don't stop burning people, please. We've, we've been, we, you know, burning witches isn't saving you from the demons. We were saving you from the demons. We've been protecting you. We witches have been, and the, 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 I keep playing to say the Zandalar. That's not the word I want to <laughs> The Zakarum. The, the, the Zakarum were burning them to death, and you read the letters from their Inquisitors, and it's just vile hatred everywhere. It's hatred. Hatred is, is the antagonist, not even just Lilith or just Mephisto. Hatred itself is one of the antagonists. It, it's the primary thing you have to face in yourself here. It's... It's the thing that causes you—it's self-hatred. It's the hatred that Lorath feels towards himself for failing with Elias. It's the hatred that Elias feels for Lorath's failure to act. It's the hatred that Donin feels towards his his former friends for not helping him in Act Two. It's the hatred they feel towards him for going to the Cathedral of Light.
2: The hatred Anarius feels. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the hatred of Narius feels for his own children, for humanity, he hates humanity for existing because he feels he's been punished for their existence. He hates Lilith for getting him to 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 do the thing that he was going to do anyway. Remember, he came up with this idea too. He didn't. She didn't put it in his head. He was he was right there with her. It's really fascinating how all these different kinds of hatred are what this thing's about, and Mephisto is probably. More so than Diablo, Mephisto has been the prime driver of all this stuff since the original Dark Exile.
2: Yeah, and that's the Ball, thing that I think you- that's the thing I think people really need to realize is that everything's focused on Diablo and while the name of the games is and always has been Diablo, Mephisto has always been more insidious than mm-hmm. than the lord of terror ever was. Fear is Are- normal, terror is hard. Anger is normal. Hatred is a directive that drives people's motivations.
3: Yeah. And like, look at this ball is a hammer ball wrecks things. That's what he does. If you need to wreck something, ball is your man, but ball doesn't build. He can't, he's destruction. They made the joke out of it by making him creation in the triune because he's not, but Mephisto can build something. Mephisto can take the Zakarum, which remember he was a young religion when he was put underneath uh, uh, Kurast. Mm-hmm. It's a very young religion. And he, He's really the one who shaped it. He's the one who built it into a world spanning organization. The Hoggins weren't that ambitious. That's why he killed him. He had the man killed because they were ambitious. Liz made a point a long time ago about how a lot of this is, uh, is Lilith and her deadbeat, not her deadbeat, her abusive father. And that is the case. This is the world that he made. She made it. But the way it is, is his legacy. It's literally passed down. She, The way she acts is the way he basically made her to act. She doesn't have another choice. She doesn't have another worldview. But why is her go-to solution to go steal his power? Because she doesn't really understand any better than Anarius does. It's really fascinating to watch. He's dead on about the two of them basically being mirrors.
0: Yeah, they're both, they're both so full with hate. And that actually makes me think... The Cathedral of Light and the Room are not that different. You see, they are both, they're both, they're burning people. And the Room was basically built by Mephisto. Mm -hmm. It's built on this hatred, but you see the Cathedral of Light, it's, it's kind of built on the same hatred. They may talk, they may speak softly and pretend, man, this fate thing, it's really good for you. The light is going to bring you up to heaven, but it's all hate. Mephisto is everywhere.
3: There's good people in both organizations. There's good people in the Zaka room. There's good people in the cathedral of light, but good people can't do much against a, a hateful system. And that is the system here. The system of the cathedral of light is literally just do what I say. I don't want to explain myself. I don't want to rationalize anything. I don't want to tell you why I'm telling you to do it. And so we go into from act five into act six, basically realizing that the demon of hatred is the thing that not just it's it's his very nature that we are fighting. It's not him specifically; it's the world he made.
0: I'm not sure any of the characters have really grasped this though. They're so they're focused on the set. now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're so dead set. Okay, we have a plan. We've got to implement our plan and. Joe mentioned this last week, that it's kind of, you know, Act 4, you start to get the end of Act 3, Act 4, you really start, the story starts going. It really starts going at a very fast pace. You're moving along, you have a deadline, the gates of hell are open, you've got to go stop Lilith, and you see all the characters really invested in this, and they're moving more than they're thinking at this point. They don't... They aren't looking at this big picture we're talking about because, of course, we've had time to sit here and think about it.
3: Oh yeah, I've been doing nothing but thinking about this game for like, <laughs> you know two weeks. So yeah, obviously, it, um, my armchair quarterbacking is much easier than it is for them in the moment. Absolutely, but there's just so many like one of the benefits of having that time is that there's so many subquests that give you little pieces. Yeah, like the the bit I remember when I did that uh stronghold in Howizar where you find out about you know the burning of of the of the of the uh the village and the, the death of the, uh, the witches in question it's, it's really powerful because you're basically this old, this elder in this village is like, you know, the Zachary missionary show up with candy. Like they can just, you know, they can just brush the taste of the ashes out of our mouths with a few sweets. I want you to go find the ledgers. I want you to find what they did. And you go up there, and you you find that it's still burning because there's a demon that's literally bound itself to the suffering of all those people. And it's like, yes, this is exactly a microcosm of what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I I tried to shut up. Here, Liz could talk. I heard Liz trying to talk. No,
0: no, it's uh, you're you're exactly correct. I mean that. And some of the some of the bits of the story are really hidden. You don't. You can go through the whole main storyline and miss that. You don't even, the main quest line do not take you up to this stronghold.
3: Yeah, I, where, I did miss it. I didn't get to see yeah. it until much later. Yeah, absolutely. Uh
0: huh. The world is so deep. There's so much to see. I mean, I've been playing this game like nonstop for two weeks. I haven't done every side quest. I haven't no, no. conquered every stronghold. There's, I haven't done every dungeon. There's so much to do.
3: Yeah, I did every. I've done every every uh, stronghold at this point because I was trying to get that thing. Yeah, where you get the have, zone and the stronghold give one you a hundred rep. Yeah,
0: I have one more to do.
3: Yeah, but what's really like, and, and I know we're low on time here. So, one of the things that we haven't told you about Act Six yet, and Act Six is so pivotal. But I will say this much: Act Six shows you why Lilith is on the box. Mm-hmm. You know why Lilith is the centerpiece and there is no doubt in my mind that Lilith is at most inconvenienced by the events of act six, like, but we're it, not going to talk it,
2: about that now because we definitely not do not have now. time.
3: <laughs> yeah, but I as a matter of fact, mind, just, go ahead. just let me say this much, Joe posted a picture of the various prime evils and the angels on this giant tree. It was from one of the Lorath, uh the, the, the book of Lorath videos. And that's real interesting. When we're talking about the tree of whispers, and then we see this thing, that's just something to keep in mind. I, I think that it was too good to just sh- just share in a picture between the three of us. This needs people need to be thinking about this. Like, what is this tree? Is this tree what I think it is? Because if it's what I think it is, things just got very interesting. I have angels, I have and
0: de- angels, and demons are t- are both halves of the same essential being, right? Anu.
3: Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Yeah. They're just, they are, they're different branches of the tree, but they came from the same place. Uh-huh. And they're both kind of jerks. I mean, there's no good guys <laughs> yeah. in this story. They're all jerks.
3: Yeah, it's true. Even Tyriel, who was the best one of them, was only motivated by his love of justice, not necessarily by a love of us. Although by the end, yeah. he actually seemed to like us, okay.
0: I Yeah, he came around, Mer- but yeah, he's...
3: We're moving a little too far ahead,
2: (laughs) so I'm (laughs) I'm gonna end it here. So this, because otherwise we're gonna talk talking about before
3: we go for another hour. Yes, stop us.
2: Yes. So (laughs) Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at Patreon.com/slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means this podcast lighting community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits, like early access to the podcast, the better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and that's site experience. Uh, again, if you have any questions for us, we're almost done with this series. So lower watch will be absolutely looking for questions, start getting those Diablo ones. in. I know some have already started coming in, but send those to podcasts at blizzardwatch.com or hit us up on our discord server. We have Q and podcast questions for everybody. And if you're a Patreon supporter, we give you the Patreon Q and podcast questions channel. Uh, We tend to look there first as a way of saying thank you for supporting us monetarily. If you can't support us monetarily, please make sure you share our content with your friends. Toss us a like on YouTube. Uh, Yes. These are available on YouTube. Shock. Um, Go ahead and make sure that we, uh, it it helps. It helps more than you think it does. Um, Mm -hmm. But with that, I think we got one more left in us. We'll cover act six, the epilogue. And uh, our final thoughts and some of our harebrained ideas next week. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President.
0: And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime
2: Effect.